everybody, and welcome to episode 11 of the Puck Around Podcast, presented by Fantasy Hockey Network. I am Avery Rosen, your host, here with the panelists, Jace Rosen, Kyle Kagan. Boys, how are we this week? Doing good. Squad's looking like it's going to be two and two this week, uh, which isn't ideal, but I'm facing a couple of juggernauts, so can't complain. Who's one of those juggernauts? Uh, you. <laughs> yeah, it's been a good week. Um, I'm, I think, could have a nearly perfect week. There's one, one week, one league where I'm basically going to be losing every, every game for the rest of the year. But, you know, it's done for future prospects. Um, Kyle knows what league I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> Why don't you tell all of us what you're talking about? So I'm in a keeper league. Kyle's in the same league as me. And going into the trade deadline, going into this part of the season, I didn't have the greatest record. And I just really thought to myself, like, because, you know, we said before on this show that you need to be serious and you need to really understand what your team's outlook is. And you need to be just, honest. About exactly. Your team. You need to be honest about your team. So that's, I took a real hard look in the mirror and I thought to myself, is this a team that's going to win a championship? And I thought long and hard about it. And I figured, you know what? I've got good depth, but just some of these teams just, it's tough. The discrepancies there and the consistency hasn't been on my side all year. I figured this is not a championship winning team, but this is a team that can set me up favorably for the future. So in our keeper league, I basically just dismantled the team, essentially. I traded for a lot of top-round picks for next year and basically changed up the outlook of the season, one that went from, you know, a potential, you know, eighth or seventh or sixth-round finish to, you know what, I'm just committing to the tank and I'm going to get my picks and I'm going to set myself up well for next year. Because I figured, like, I, I hate that purgatory spot, like, where you come in, like, sixth or seventh place and you lose – and then you get a mid-round pick. Like, there's just, there's no value in that for me. I'd rather just finish at one side of the spectrum. You're either first or you're literally in last. And that's kind of how I saw it. And maybe that's just more so with Keeper League in the sense that there's more, it's a multi-year outlook, but I just committed to the tanking and I've just really set myself up well, I think, for the future. Yeah, that's a really important caveat. If you're in a non-Keeper League, don't blow your team up. There is yeah. no benefit to it. The draft order is randomized. But what, what Jason ended up doing is he has two first-round picks, two second-round picks, three fourth-round picks, two fifth-round picks next year. So he really front-loaded his draft, what Jason, one other team, did. But the issue with that is teams are getting pissed, which it's their fault that they're willing to make these trades. They're making ridiculous trades. Like Roman Yossi, who's a spectacular player, but they're trading him for a third round pick. Fourth and a fifth. Okay, they're trading Roman Yossi for a fourth and a fifth, which is worse than a third for the record. <laughs> so, so teams are kind of getting salty because they're because other people are making these trades. So my advice is one, understand the value of your picks. Know that if you're trading a fourth and a fifth round pick, it's incredibly hard to win your league next year. To put it into perspective, in this league, fourth, fourth and fifth round, you're getting Kale McCarr, Dougie Hamilton, Blake Wheeler, Johnny Goudreau, Taylor Hall, Mark Shifley, Nuge, Bergeron, Petrangelo, Riley. You're getting yeah. amazing – Quinn Hughes. You're getting spectacular players in these rounds, and you're trading them for a rental who you're not going to be able to keep next year because you can only keep one person per round. Yeah, that, I guess the thought process is that people think that, like, that fourth, the fourth round next year after a keeper league is not going to look like the fourth round of that original league, right? It's it's keeper, not dynasty. You can only keep three players. I know, and but that's still the top. Like in this league, there's 12 teams. It's four players, by the way. But like, that's the top 48 players or 48 players are off the board before you even start. Yes, but no. <laughs> Like, I, like 48, yes, 48. Jack Eichel is going to be on the board next year. I can promise you that. Where teams have just, they're made, there are amazing players, but they're not picked for their value. Like, I might keep Chickren. He's not a top 48 player, 
but I got him in the second last round. Yeah. So I'm going to keep Garland because I picked him up off waivers. It, exactly. So we're yeah. keeping these players who might not be top 48 players, but we get them for good value. Yeah. Yeah. So it, no, I, it's not necessarily the top 48 players, but what I'm thinking is that it's still good players to begin with. You're going right? to keep Garland. So the thought process is, is that yeah, if that's you actually keep, a questionable keep to be honest. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. But like I was thinking if you keep Garland, he's a 19th round pick. So I would leave every other pick open to that. And like, I'm comfortable enough with my you situation so next many, year that I can afford so many high picks. Just keep your top four. Yeah, your, exactly. I don't. Yeah. Like, so I, I'm, Honestly, I'm not even 100% sure if I'm keeping Chikrin because I'm automatically keeping Kane in the first round, Marner in the second round, mm-hmm. Huberto in the third. And then I have a really tough choice between Kale McCarr in the fourth round and Jacob Chikrin in the second last round. Who, mm. who I, the good news is I don't have to make it now, but at the end of the year, yeah. I'll have a really tough choice between the two. <clears throat> well, I got to... Anyways, yeah. let's anyway, keep on that's moving. Decisions to be made it's in the it's interesting yeah. stuff. Keepers, keeper. We'll get into keeper pin who we're keeping. That way, we'll do that as a theme towards the end of the year. One of our shows, strictly on keepers and who we'd keep. Um, okay, before we get into general news, I guess we got to talk about uh, our first ever guest coming on next week. Uh, well, I guess it's not official just yet. He has to win his matchup this week, but uh, Marshall Rosen, our father, um, he he's been bugging me to come come on the show and he basically said if i beat you kyle jace and steven in, in our fantasy hockey pool um you have to give me five minutes on the show and i said okay i said if you beat all of us that's fine you, you can get five minutes on the show I, that's that's fair and somehow he has already beaten me he's beaten jace he's beaten kyle and I haven't checked yet this morning, but I believe he's up by like 15 to 20 points on Steven right now. Yeah. So if all goes to plan for him today, he will be uh, our first ever guest on the Puck Around podcast next week, boys. All right. Yeah, just get your content sorted out for, uh, for next week. Man, I mean, he's already Kyle's best friend. He's already Kyle's best friend, so they can discuss it uh, what they want maybe they can about. work out a Stamkos trade on the on the pod yeah so <laughs> i talked to their dad more than they talked to him he, he calls me for at least two and a half hours every week to talk about trades and literally just shoot this shit and I, to be honest i have i have a pretty intense job i'm working past 2 a.m <laughs> pretty much every night and then on a thursday at like 2 30 p.m he's just calling me for half an hour and i'm sitting there like I should not be doing this, but it's absolutely hilarious. <laughs> he's, but it's a fun break to your day. It, it is, but when I'm going to bed at three instead of two thirty, because I'm on a half hour call with your dad, sometimes <laughs> worth <special>. it. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Anyways, it'll be fun. We'll uh, we'll see what happens today, and he's probably coming on next week, boys. <laughs> um, Jace, run us through the news queer quickly. Yeah, so some pretty notable injuries this week. Sean Couturier is being evaluated on Monday. Kind of out of the blue there. Don't know exactly what's going on, but didn't play yesterday. And I think he went back to Philly for evaluation. So not sure exactly what's happening there. Uh, Alexander Radulov also didn't play yesterday. I think it's that lower, lower body injury that was hampering him before. Still lingering around. So he, I'm not sure if it's necessarily just a couple of days off to just, you know, further ease him back into the lineup, but he's not playing. He didn't play yesterday, and I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't play in tonight's game. Uh, Mackenzie Blackwood, surprise start this morning against the Pens. Uh, he was thought to be out till next week, but actually, you know, starting tonight or starting today against the Pens. Peter Morazic's been skating, and it looks like he's progressing pretty well. I guess the only thing to consider is, is that was a hand injury. So he can be skating as much as he wants. It's more of him actually getting into, you know, game form, taking those shots. I believe it's his glove hand, right? Is it glove or blocker? Mm. 50-50. Let's just say blocker. He has a hand injury. <laughs> it's a hand injury. So sure. either his blocker or his glove needs to get back into shape. I That's think it's what we'll a blocker. Say. I think you're right. I thought it was a blocker too, but 50-50. Uh, 
Um, the Wayne train's back. Uh, he's, Wayne Simmons is back in the lineup. He's on a PP1 for a good team. The power play hasn't been clicking as well lately, but still a lot of potential there. So he's someone to keep your eye on. Mm-hmm. And, and, and was actually skating with Marner and Matthews a bit yesterday too. So yeah, he's yeah. in prime time. Mm-hmm. Wayne train. And uh, unfortunate situation out of Boston. There's four players on the COVID protocol list. One of those, oh, five? Five players on the COVID protocol list now. I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen. I think we're still waiting on news every single day. Um, their next couple of games are postponed. I believe at least they have two game. games postponed. Yeah, at least two games. And that was including the weekend, but I would not be surprised if that goes into next week as well, especially into later next week. We'll see how that pans out, but it's tough. Yeah, Kyle's got a Kyle's got a bad face on right now. He he just traded for Brad Marchand in our league, and he he owns the perfection line and Pasternak. Yeah, and they drafted that's what I said. On. That's what I said. He has the perfection line. It just hurts for Kyle because if Boston doesn't play, and then three yeah, of his top so, five forwards are out. So I worked all year to uh, get this one line. I drafted I drafted Bergeron. I traded Patrick Kane for Pasternak. So that's a huge price. And I traded Shafley and Aronik for Marshawn. So I'm so excited. Literally, the day I make the trade for Brad Marchand, boom, Boston COVID outbreak, Pasternak on the COVID list. And my, my winning chances next week just took a severe drop. So I'm Who do you really play hoping, next week? Uh hopefully someone i'm not even sure but they're scheduled to play the islanders on the 25th buffalo 27th new jersey 28th so we'll see if that ends up happening yeah yeah we're it's still gonna you still have to wait and see with that stuff honestly the news for covid just comes in every single day mm-hmm. and it's just something you have to keep your eye on hopefully hopefully they're all good and Hopefully we can get back at it as soon as possible, but yeah. Right. Yeah. Not a thing new. We've been dealing with it all year and just got to keep moving. So yeah, depending on your league settings, you either have three or four regular season matchups uh, starting tomorrow. So it's crunch time, right? Like this is the time, like you got to start making a run if you want to make the playoffs. And with that, we thought it'd be smart to have a little full fantasy season rundown right now. We're going to go through each division uh, we'll walk you through the standings, players who've been performing well lately, um, and then kind of focus on some teams and what we think their rest of the season outlook's going to be like. Um, so with that, let's get right into it, okay? We're going to start with the Central, okay? So se- the Central, um, some definitely some contenders there, maybe not as, as strong as the East Division, how, what divisions are right now, to be honest. So, But the Central's got Tampa Bay, and as long as you got Tampa Bay, like, they're the, cro- the cream of the crop right now, right? So... To me, they look better than ever. They're in first place right now, uh, followed right behind them by Florida. Florida's been excellent lately. Uh, it's followed with and with great goaltending from both of them, right? Bobrovsky, Kyle, I think you have him in one of our leagues. Like he's like twelve, three and one, I believe, right now. Yeah, I have him in three of my four leagues, and he has been unbelievable. So he was one of my better draft picks and my guy for the year. He he's been great. Every, every team's been looking really good though. Look at look at Dallas. They're 10, 10, and seven. <laughs> That's seven bounces away from being top of their division. Like most teams have been very, very good this year. And Dallas is in sixth place. Like we haven't even gotten like they're not even they're they're still in the race and they're gonna come in kind 27 of out of nowhere. Games. They, they That's, the, yeah. That's the key thing here. Look, so Columbus and Chicago right now are fighting it out for that lump last spot. And and as of last night, Columbus just took that that leap into fourth place with Chicago. They're tied. Same amount of games played, same amount of points with 33. Uh, but Dallas is right behind them in sixth with 27 points, right? So if I'm a Dallas owner, especially in fantasy hockey, right? Like they got some games coming, right? So they, they're they five games in hand on, on Chicago and Columbus in good shape there. And then at least three on the rest of the division. Mm-hmm. So they're in good shape. They're going to have some games as long as uh, hopefully everything can be scheduled and everything is good, good to go there. But, you know, Joe Pavelski, John Klingberg, maybe Sagan starts to get back in here at some point. We haven't heard his name yet, but it's, it's we're getting closer to April. And I thought that was somewhat the timeline. 
Yeah, so I heard that Tyler Sagan was skating, but I think he's not close to practicing. We're definitely still minimum a couple weeks away from him getting back on the ice, but hopefully he can make that April timeline. That would be a huge addition for fantasy playoff season, really. Could be a big waiver pickup there. So mm-hmm. stay tuned. And then followed by Nashville in seventh place. And Nashville, I honestly I feel kind of bad for guys like Forsberg and Eckholm right now. Without Yossi, their goaltending situation has been kind of inconsistent. And it seems like they're going to be just like selling right right now. Yeah. So who knows what's going on there. They can, they're having a tough time scoring. It's, it's, it's been mm-hmm. tough, especially lately. Um, as Jace is wearing his Roman Yossi shirt right now. I got a question for you guys. How do you feel about Philip Forsberg for the rest of the season? And the reason why I say this is because I feel like it's pretty much well known that Nashville is probably going to be a seller at this deadline, right? Now, Roman Yossi is not leaving, but Matthias Eklund could be gone. Um, Mikael Granlin could be gone. And with these guys leaving, do you feel the same way about Philip Forsberg for the rest of the season? I'm definitely weary. If someone offered me rust for Philip Forsberg, I'm probably taking that deal today, which I wouldn't do before the year. Um, but I'm not completely selling him. I'm not going to have a snap decision where I don't trust him at all. He's still Philip Forsberg. Look at his track record. He's a spectacular player. I I, I would agree. I, I wouldn't actually make that deal. I think I'd mm-hmm. keep Forsberg over rust. But I am a little weary there's no points in one, two, three, four, five now. But the, and he's not really shooting as much the past five as well. Only over three shots in one of them, uh, which has been what has made me feel so great about him all year. He's been shooting it a ton. So he's had a little stretch there. He, he was really on fire, right? Three points, two, two. He had what? Three plus four, seven points in three games, eight points in four games there over a little stretch. So he was kind of rolling and that may have been the time to trade him. Uh, it feels like Nashville is tanking, right? It really does. Mm-hmm. So it just doesn't seem like the best situation uh, for a fantasy player. And if maybe he gets traded though, and maybe what, like if he gets traded to, I don't think he's going to go to the Leafs. They're not trading for I don't, for us, I don't think they're going to the Leafs. I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they traded Forsberg. He's still only 26. He's a young guy. He is so skilled. He's not. If you want to win as a franchise, you need to keep guys like Forsberg around. And Nashville's had more than enough experience. And they're not going to be, especially this year, they're not going to be able to get enough assets to properly validate that. Game. I don't know. If Martin Erat's on the market, you're going to want to trade Philip Forsberg. <laughs> imagine just imagine if he was on washington um no you're not wrong kyle um you just hear all the rumors right and no one's untouchable it seems like with them right now and and if they can get the right price you never know you never know so forsberg i'm not too worried he still does shoots the puck a lot he's that guy on the power play they look to um but I do think maybe that that peak was a bit behind him now, and and he is starting to come down a bit for sure. Yeah, yeah. I just figured, like, I know that he's been fantastic lately, and I think he's been in top fifty for a bunch of leagues. I'm wondering if this is like, even if you were a fantasy manager and you could potentially buy low on him, if you go out of your way to do that, or if you try and sell now, is pretty much what I was wondering. In in non plus minus leagues, he's a lot more valuable. For the record, just mm-hmm. in, I'm in a couple plus minus leagues and a couple non plus minus leagues. I, I'm willing to say I would trade him for Rust in leagues that include plus minus, which is standard. But in a league that does not include plus minus, I would way, way rather have him than Rust. Fair. So I'd like to include that caveat. Okay. Potentially. I'd like to add it to the record. I'd like, yes. <laughs> okay. Let's move on. Let's go into the East here. And that juggernaut division of the East. And just look at these standings right now, guys. Like, Washington leads the division right now. 44 points in 31 games. Right behind them, though, those Islanders who just seem to be sticking around and be – they're right there every year now. Like, they, they like we, I kind of take them for granted every year, it seems like. But these guys are legit. They're a legit team. Right behind them, 44 points in 32 games. So, that's why they're in second. But guys it's like nuts. Barzell, Letty's been fantastic this year. Legitimately an assist machine. Unfortunately, Honors Lee, he just left the lineup. He's going to be out for the rest of the season. But, you know, guys like Oliver Wallstrom, guys like Kiefer Bellows, maybe even Beauvillier starts to pick it up a bit. 
Um, they're definitely a by committee team, so they don't necessarily have a fantasy stud. Um, Barzell has been it's pretty solid though. Other than that, though, they don't have that. Yeah, mm. uh, but maybe Varlamov. Maybe yeah, Varlamov, I was gonna say. Yeah. Actually, um, Sorokin is starting to get more starts right now, though. But seventy-two goals against in thirty-two games played. He's been excellent. That, that been in excellent. itself is nuts. I'm pretty sure he's still like the third highest in both goals against and save percentage. Yeah, that might be a bit off there, but Varlamov's been spectacular. He's been spectacular to the point where I just got a trade offer last night, which was Varlamov for. Ready for this? Okay, Varlamov for Marchand. <laughs> like that is how wow. high Varlamov owners are trying to sell him for. Trust me, I did not take that offer. I don't think he's mm-hmm. close to that. But people do see his value as that high right now. What's he going Classic for? Addy. Yeah, he's probably going for a lot right now. But you know, for the Islanders who just freed up technically seven million in cap, like could potentially maybe see a run for a Philip Forsberg like player. Like seven million dollars opened up in cap space. You're gonna get Andres Lee likely back for playoffs. Like that is that's prime time to add a star and then gain another 30 goal score in playoffs. It just seems like it makes sense. Right? Yeah. You just make a deal for them. I you know, Lou and I we speak on the daily and uh you know, we try and figure out a lot of the cap stuff, but he's been he's been talking to me about this kind of stuff. <laughs> okay, moving on. Um, Pittsburgh. I don't know the exact numbers, but it's probably since Brian Burke and Hextall taken over, there they've been amazing. Like like they're fantasy wise, especially too. Guys like Gensel, Latang, Crosby's been excellent. Malkin, before he got hurt here, he would think he was on eight or nine game point streak, and of course, obviously has to get hurt. I was just telling Jace this week. Uh, I am never drafting Evgeny Malkin again because every year I draft him, it never works out. And I, Evgeny Malkin, I know, is a Hall of Famer and unbelievable hockey player. But like I, I, every year I draft him, it doesn't work out for me. It really doesn't. I, I, like everyone has those guys where they, they like just never works out and, and you give it a try and he's my guy. I can't do it anymore. I'm sorry, Evgeny. I'd like to be in as le- as many leagues as possible with you if you're not yeah. taking Malkin. I'm not. Yeah, Evgeny Malkin is Avery's uh, fantasy hockey version of Joe Mixon. <laughs> he really is. He really is. I can't do it anymore. Uh, last time I took him, it, I'm pretty sure he got hurt. He gets it. Just, that happens, and then the, it's just always a down year. The years I draft him are the down years, and I can't do it. <laughs> Uh, moving on, Boston. Boston's in fourth place. Can you imagine if the Maple Leafs were in fourth place right now and they'd be losing their minds? But I haven't heard anything about the Boston Bruins being in fourth place. And I know they have games in hand, but, you know, fourth place, Boston Bruins. What, what is interesting think? is the number of man games that they're going to have after next week remaining compared to the rest of the league. Because they're awesome. already behind at 28 games. And, yeah. then they're gonna, and then they're missing two and probably more, to be honest. So they might be very good buys, Boston players, for the rest of the year, since you'll see them having a lot of four-game weeks, five-game weeks down the stretch. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. Obviously, we don't know that Mm -hmm. for sure. We don't know when those games will be rescheduled, but likely needs to get packed in in that that time frame. So makes sense. And Philadelphia, man, they're just – Carter Hurt, Kyle, like – Wow. I feel bad about the poster now. I really do. Like, I, no, it's it's a poster. I can afford it. Don't feel that bad. No, no, no. I don't. Okay, first of all, I'm happy I'm getting <laughs> the poster. I feel bad for Carter Hart. I was pretty high on him at the beginning of the year. I'm pretty sure we all were. Uh, I think he might have been fourth in our consensus rankings, and he's just it's just not been great for him this year. It really has. He had a solid start, but it's just taken. He's just gone down a cliff. Like, really, like, the value is just slowly, not even slowly, it's just completely dissipating. Like, I feel like every single week, it's getting lower and lower. And this week did not help. I don't know how many goals he allowed this week, but they had nine in one game and six in another game that he started. So it also shows you why we tell you not to take goalies early. 
it always hurts to see Vasilevsky and Varlamov and all these goalies go completely off and you're sitting there at the end of the draft, even though you could probably have taken Varlamov late. But Carter Hart was the fourth goalie off the board. There's so much risk there. The players you could have gotten at his average draft position at 42 are so much better than pretty much a useless fantasy goalie. That's why we tell you to take goalies late. Yep. And this is the prime example. They're voodoo. Yeah. Yeah, it's been tough in Philly, um, but there is there's time left, right? They still got 26, 27 games here to you know make a little run, and they're not completely out of it in the playoff race either. So Hart could still step it up and still have a solid season for the for the remaining here, and I'm sure Carter Hart owners would love that. Uh, <laughs> moving on, uh, the Rangers. Rangers look great this week. Obviously, when you win enough nine nothing, you look fantastic. But <laughs> Kyle's you it there with the fist bump. Mika's a Benajad. Big week for Mika. Um, Mika went off. He had a six-point period tied for second most in NHL history. Um, and then last night, goal and an assist. I have a big question for you, Kyle. Okay. Do you think this is the perfect time to trade him? That's exactly what I was going to ask. It depends on your trade partner. If your trade partner has a ton of recency bias and they're like, okay, Mika's a Benajad. He's going to get multi-point games the rest of the year. 100% trade him. I think most fantasy owners are going to be like, yeah, sure. He's been spectacular this year, but I mean this week, but the rest of the year, he, he hasn't been great. I, that, that's what I, I'm trying to bite on. Like, I, I yeah. put some feelers out there because I own him in three leagues. So <laughs> I've been waiting for this, but he, no one, no one's biting. So it really depends if you're able to prey on some pretty weak fantasy owners. I'd, I'd be trying to trade him to the less experienced owners in the league. Honestly, I don't know why you wouldn't be sending out offers, though. Like, what's the worst thing that can happen? People say no. Like, this yeah, is exactly like, what we say to take advantage of. This is recency bias. Like, leverage mm-hmm. that. I, I, I agree. Um, I traded Pavelski for him earlier in the year, which was a fat loss on my behalf. <laughs> <laughs> to who? So you're that. <laughs> I know. It's just, I know. Got yeah. a shark. Yeah. T- try to trade Zeba, but don't sell low on him. I think he will. Oh, New Jersey just scored in overtime to get the win, by the way. But, who scored? Uh, who's 63? Brat. Brat. Yeah, Jasper Brat just won it in overtime for uh, the Devils. Breaking news as this is going to come out in a couple hours. <laughs> <laughs> we're Possibly. Even. About to get, we were just about to get into New Jersey here too. So they're up. They're next up. They're at seventh, right? They have some games in hand, um, but like, I don't really think they're going to get into the playoff race, but I don't know. Jack Hughes has been disappointing lately. He had a two-point game this week, I think, but, but not – he hasn't been as good as he was at the beginning of the year. Um, I think – you know, Blackwood's been struggling. He, he, I think he had a good game today. And then I think his last game before he got injured here for the last few uh, was also pretty solid. But I, there's no one on New Jersey who uh, I feel is a, is a must-own right now. No. Shout out to Blackwood. Uh, he's only owned in 46% of Yahoo leagues. He just had a – he just had him one goal and 36 shots and got a win in overtime against a pretty good Pittsburgh yeah. team. So if he's available and you need goalie help, snag him up. He's a starting goalie at the end of the day, right? Like, yes, he's been in a funk, but he's still going to see a lot of rubber and he's still going to get a lot of volume. And I think that still has a lot of importance when it comes to fantasy goaltending. So especially if he is available, league. yeah, especially in a points league, exactly. So if he's available, I'm, I'm looking to pick him up. And then lastly, you got the lowly Sabres in eighth place oh. and... I, I don't think I'm looking anywhere there. In all honesty, let's let's Absolutely. be real. I, uh, Olafson and Olafson and Reinhardt have been fine, but I'm not going out of my way at all to to buy any Sabers right now. Maybe you look at Taylor Hall in the hopes that he gets traded. Same as Eichel. If the Eichel owner is really willing to sell him for nothing, may as well pick him up and may as well trade for him and hope for the best. Like if they're really willing to sell love. Eichel only so like in Dynasty though. I really don't think he's he's coming back. Yeah, fair. Like I I think there's a chance if you're able to get him for I don't know like a Jordan Eberle or someone at the the bottom of your lineup because they don't think he's coming back. He's worth a shot if you're on the tops in the tops of your league. I I think he's worth a gamble. 
I'm not trading much for Taylor Hall either. Oh, no. Absolutely not. I'm not trading anything for (laughs) – I don't know. This is such a disappointment. I know. Really for everybody on that team. This happens every year with Buffalo. Really does. Like, honestly, like, it's not like I'm a Buffalo fan. Yeah, and you're going to But I can sympathize. I know. I know. I just have high expectations for those guys. And then when they make progression and they improve every year and then just absolute hey, dud. I don't, I don't see the improvement. Maybe it was expected improvement, but I've never Darlene. seen it. I'm talking it. specifically about Darlene. Sure. I'm not talking oh. about anybody else. Although Jack Eichel has also been fantastic the last two years. Like he has improved. Like Taylor Hall, it's different because Taylor Hall wasn't really on that team to begin with, but. You know, Sam Reinhardt, you can't say that Sam Reinhardt hasn't gone much better over the last two years. Same thing with Darlene and same thing with Eichel. Olsen, I'm neglecting from this conversation. All right, let's move on. Never forget that Taylor Hall chose Buffalo, but let's move on. Um, (laughs) And let's go into the North here. The big bad North. I love it. It's the most exciting division in hockey. I'm very biased, but every night there's a new storyline. It is. Uh, the Maple Leafs are now in first place. They have two games in hand on Edmonton. They are tied in points with 42. Uh, the Jets are right behind them, though, with 38 points in 31 games. Habs are clinging on to that final playoff spot with 37 points in 31 games. Vancouver is making a late push here. Uh, they have 35 points, but they played 35 games. Like The Calgary is right behind them with 33 and, and 32. Uh, then Ottawa is just... You know, it's Ottawa. They, they're, they're, they're the sickos. I don't know if you've seen the sicko movement. Yeah. Ottawa, but ha ha ha. Yes. Ha ha. They yes. Just, they just love to stir the pot. Ottawa just causes havoc sometimes. Like, obviously, they're not a great team, 10, 20, and 3, but th- then they somehow win two games straight against the Leafs or Edmonton, and they're causing all this ruckus. So, uh, guys, what do you make of this North Division? It's just fun, honestly. It, it feels like a video game every single, every single night. There's something crazy going on in this division. I, I absolutely love it. It's so much fun. I think any division with Connor McDavid is just, just automatically the most fun division to watch. Just well, automatic. Connor McDavid and subpar defense compared to other divisions. So. Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. Like, I know people and- like rag on this division, but it's honestly one of the most skilled divisions. I'd just say just pure offensive superstar talent. Well, look at the top sixes. If you have two lines, one of them is McDavid, one of them is Dreisaitl. That is insane. Mm-hmm. You have star power out of the wazoo. <laughs> if you're Vancouver, <laughs> where you have Besser, you have Pedersen, Bo Horvat's gone off this year. Niels Hoaglander looks like the re- real deal. Montreal. Miller. JT Miller, I forget about him. Like Montreal is just so deep. Ottawa, some of their young stars, they they're looking great. Batherson, Norris, Stutzel has been going off lately. Like it's just such a fun division. It is so much fun. <laughs> As I go and quickly wrap up the entire division. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. But like, no one's gonna really take them seriously until playoff time. Playoff time. They actually have to beat somebody else in the other division, right? Like. It's the, been the been the narrative all year that this this division isn't as strong and therefore it won't be taken as seriously. Yeah, well, I mean, it's on them. They got to prove everyone wrong. That's that's just how it's going to be. It doesn't matter what happens for the rest of the season. Come playoff time, anybody from that division is going to have to prove something. So, speaking of teams with something to prove, I have a question for you guys. Mm-hmm. What do you make of Calgary's players? What do you make of Goudreau and Monahan? Like, I have no idea how to value yeah. them right now. I was thinking, like, if you – we were talking about Zabinijad, but, like, I was thinking about guys that are in a rut right now. Like, Zabinijad for Goudreau, does that make any sense to you guys? Like, I know I, w- I would not do that if I'm, the, the, like, the Goudreau owner, but, like, could I see that happening if you really tried to sell high on Zabinijad right now? Goudreau has not done too much over the last three weeks. Well, what's you have to realize. To, I'd rather have Zabinijad than Goudreau, so I guess it does make really? sense right now. Well, look, you drafted him higher, Zabinijad. I Sure. He Last year, he went off. He's more of a track record than Goudreau, even though Goudreau has been amazing. Okay. But Goudreau hasn't looked good for the last three weeks. If you're watching him play, he does get chances, but then he also looks like he's coasting. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm not too high on Goudreau right now, even... I, it's such a weird situation. So Daryl Sutter's in there now. 
And I don't really know how Daryl Sutter feels about all these players yet right now. I'm looking at ice time and how it's there. That's getting tracked right now. And, you know, Johnny Goodrow played us a, a 18 minutes last game. And that was his highest total with Daryl Sutter behind the bench. But like, if that's your high, it's like, you know, it's fine, but he's not doing anything in those minutes right now. The game before that was 14 and a half. So, you know what I mean? It's almost four less minutes there. And, I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried about anyone. Like the only guy who I f- actually feel comfortable with, Lindholm. Yeah, is Lindholm. Matthew Kachuk. Yeah. What do you mean? You're Lynn, Matthew Kachuk's Matthew ice time has actually dropped five and a half. Like they almost were five minutes. Yeah, yeah, down four minutes since Sutter's been there. Yeah, he's looked good. He's still gonna get the hits, and not- I am a little worried that the production could fall off. Right, the minutes he's not getting as much could be a bit of a less opportunity. But Lindholm has looked excellent to me. His minutes are relatively mm-hmm. the same. And the other guy who, who I think is will get a bump from this is Noah Hannafin, who is suddenly on the first power play now. He's got points and a couple – I don't know. I don't think he had a point last night. Um, but before well, that, there was no goals scored last night. Points in three straight before last night. Yeah, no goals last night. He had three <laughs> shots, though. Um, has played almost 20, over 20 minutes in, I think, every game except for one or two with Daryl behind the bench. And – if if you're on the first power play, you're getting an opportunity in fantasy hockey, yeah. right? And he's playing with Goodrow. He's playing with Lindholm. Uh, he's playing with Monaghan on that unit. He's fantasy relevant if you're there. If you're in desperate need for a D-man, sure. Honestly, I, I can't see it lasting with Hannafin on the first line. I'm sorry. You have two better offensive defensemen. Yeah. In Valamaki, even, I think he's a better offensive defenseman. Like, I, I really think he's just trying something out and he'll see what works. But, you know, like, but, the, the second power play has been clicking with Rasmus Anderson and Gio mm-hmm. on that unit, right? I I know, but I just don't see him giving Noah Hannafin more power play ice time the rest of the season. I, I just kind of think it's going to be more of a split between the two units right now. And with whoever's going, it's going. And, and I, I don't necessarily think he might change them. It's obviously going to be depend on the success of them, but both units have been clicking lately, so... Hannafin's at 3% rostered and, and a guy like who could be a big risk and very little, uh, or sorry, a uh, big reward and very little risk, right? With a, with a waiver wire pickup right now. hundred percent. If he's available, I need a demon and picking him up, but I, I'm not selling high for him or I'm not buying high on him. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, the whole team is just a little iffy right now. I, I am looking at Lindholm. He actually, He's been really good with Sutter behind the bench. Like he still maintained good offensive production. I actually, from a point production perspective, I am the least worried about Elias Lindholm on that team. Uh, let's talk about Vancouver here briefly uh, before we get into the West. Uh, Elias Pettersson was put on LTIR a couple of days ago. Um, I still think it's retroactive, and I believe we looked. We tried looking it up the other day. It just means at minimum ten games. I'm not sure how many he's already been out. So, and you don't really, haven't really heard many updates. So he's been out nine already. So there's nine one more and he didn't start the current road trip with the team, but he is expected to join them later on the trip. So I don't foresee him being out more than another week, but it's always scary when a player hasn't played in three weeks now and he isn't with the team. Hey, I don't think anybody thought he would be out this long to begin with. Right? No, it seemed like nothing. He didn't he didn't get hurt in a game. He yeah. played 17 and a half minutes against Winnipeg on March 2nd, scored a goal, and we haven't seen him since. Yeah. If you are like right there in terms of the playoffs and you're trying to get into that final spot, you have Elias Patterson kind of on your roster right now. Not on your roster, maybe on an IR spot. And but he's a big part of your roster, right? Which you probably took him in the top three rounds. And where are you looking to move him? If you have to, if if you're desperate, time like you might be needing to make a move here instead of hoping he comes back in a week and a half and it's too late. If if I'm a six seed or a seven seed or especially an eight seed, I you can't afford to uh, miss a miss a week of Pedersen, especially right now. Yeah. I'm seeing if I can get Gensel. I'm seeing if I can get a Kyle Connor. I'm seeing if I can get a solid player who's maybe slightly worse, but will give you an extra week of work because if you lose your next week as an eight seed or as a seven seed odds are you're not making the playoffs yeah, yeah. especially in the shortened year like there's literally it's three or four matchups and, t- and we're done 
right? Mm-hmm. It's it's make or break time starting now, and ugh, it's gonna be a wild ride. It really is. And then it's playoffs. Playoffs are gonna be crazy this year. <laughs> Fantasy playoffs are gonna be absolutely nuts this year, right? Because in a shortened season, there's an increased chance of randomness. Um, you're not playing so many teams evenly. Where if you have an easier if you have an easier schedule and you're playing two weaker teams one extra time, you're so much more likely to make the playoffs. So I don't think the best teams are necessarily in first or in second. In a lot of leagues, I can see the fourth, fifth, sixth place teams making a serious run for it. So it's it's really anyone's year this year. What do you guys think? You know, another thing actually that's interesting for even for fantasy playoffs too, this year there's I don't think there's as many teams that play two games just throughout the fantasy like playoff weeks, the three weeks. Like I think most of the teams are either playing three or four games. Like in years past, in years past, there were some teams that were just playing. Like there were probably like six or seven or eight teams that might have been playing two games during a specific week. And during that week, you would be at a disadvantage if you have those players, right? Mm -hmm. You're just not getting as many mini games. This year, I've looked through this. There's there's one team, one or two teams that have two games throughout the first three weeks of playoffs. I have also looked through this and I don't want to even discuss it with you guys because we give, I, that's the one thing I have that we're like, we can't, like it's the advantages, right? You're like, not the only person who's looked at this. <laughs> yeah, all of us have looked through this. But yes. what was nuts is two years ago, what I did is I noticed the Winnipeg Jets had four games, two different weeks in the playoffs. So I go, you know what? I'm going to sell my entire team for Winnipeg. I ended up with Shifley, Wheeler, Line A, Bufflin. And I would have won the league if I didn't tie my matchup in week one of the playoffs. I would have by far won. I would have won the league by far the next two weeks. Woulda, shoulda, coulda. I know. Woulda, shoulda, coulda. But it just shows you that if you plan in advance and if you look at the schedule, you have a huge advantage. Pick up goalies that you know are going to play more if you could trade a goalie one for one. Like really play the game. Yeah, and we'll get more into this uh, next week when we're looking at trade deadline and who we're targeting and kind of the strategy we're looking at. But for sure, very interesting stuff. Man game advantages during the playoffs. I really don't want to share that with you guys. I really don't want to talk. We'll we'll, we'll share without without giving away hopefully too much. But you know, it is what it is. The listeners need uh need the help. No, no, no. We'll, you we'll boys understand it. we're on a podcast, right? I know, I know, I know. It's just some trade secrets. Uh, I know. I, I, mean, I am going to tell everything, obviously. It's just, I, I want you guys to like plug your ears during my segment or something like that. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Uh, let's wrap it up here with the West. The West, also some, some big contenders out there. Obviously, Vegas, Colorado. Uh, Minnesota has been excellent this year kind of come out of the, like everyone expects Minnesota to somewhat be around for that last spot but sitting in third right now ahead of St. Louis with two games in hand um, and they look they, they obviously kind of caught dummy this weekend by Colorado <laughs> back to back but yeah they've been steady they've gotten great goaltending I think Kakinen before this weekend have won six or seven in a row um, so Minnesota to me is a, re- a team that could really be something if Fiala could especially start to pick it up um Kaprasov is starting to run away i think with uh rookie of the year um he he just looks so dynamic man he's so fun to watch and that hat trick i think it was a week this week or the week before it was just it was in the the wild uh reverse retro jerseys which are really just the thing of beauty and i don't know he's just he's awesome he kind of reminds me of panarin from a few years ago but yes, Kaprizov, he's been a stud. So I, Minnesota, to me, they don't have too many guys I'm really looking at. Besides Kaprizov, I, I think Kakinen could actually be a pretty good – if you could somehow buy low on Kakinen or even sell high, maybe on this little little run here, um, I think both are, are good options if you can. You yeah. can catch a manager kind of sleeping in both ways. Other than that, they're kind of by committee. Like no one on the back end is really crushing it. Dumba, Dumba has his games here and there. Uh, I, he's I hurt like right now. Is he hurt yeah, right he's now? Not hurt. Yeah. Obviously, uh, Greenway I like, but he seems to be chipping in kind of every few games now. Zuccarello has actually been excellent too mm-hmm. since he come back from injury. Been fantastic. So Minnesota has some guys. I'm, I feel like I'm talking too much about them, so we'll move on here. But <laughs> Minnesota, good for them. 
bet on them too. They always down. They're always bad odds, but they're always content. They're always in there. St. Louis right behind them. They've been picking it up lately. Tarasenko started off great. Past few games, no pointless, but has looked pretty good in his return. Better than I thought. Um, Arizona. Arizona started off really well, but to me, without Kemper right now, it's I feel like it's going to catch up to them. Uh, LA. They actually had won five or six in a row at one point, but seem to have kind of fallen back to reality. They're right behind Arizona. San Jose, Anaheim, right behind them. Guys, what do you make of the West? Jeez, does Colorado look good right now? If you look at the number of shots they're putting up, it's scary. If you're in a points league, you may as well pick up the goalie that's playing Colorado because you're going to get a loss. You're going to let in five goals, but you're going to get 50 saves because they're just peppering the net. It's not generally the best strategy, though. Yeah. It's not. But, okay, listen to their last couple, the, the shots in their last couple of games. It's absolutely insane. 42 yesterday. 55 the game before that. 55 the game before. Mm-hmm. Um, as I am slowly going through the schedule. 36 the game before. That's, a, that's an off night for them. <laughs> 36 <laughs> shots. 41 shots the game before. They pepper the net with shots. They are dominating games. They have always have the puck on a string and their goalie is playing spectacular. He's letting three goals in the last six games, Grubauer. He has two shutouts in that time. He is, the, the reason he doesn't have three is because he came in as a sub one game just to mm-hmm. make the math work there. He is absolutely spectacular. He He's on a six game win streak starting five games. <laughs> it's insane. I think uh, one of the other big, factors here and why we're seeing Colorado become more uh at least put all these shots on look more dominant they're big guns Nathan McKinnon has been really good over the last six games three points in the last two games he's had a goal in four of the last five and the one game where he didn't score he had 10 shots on goal so like he's looking really, really good right now. And Miko Rantanen has also been fantastic. Like he's been like a top 10 fantasy player. And like over, every over the week. last two weeks in a standard points league, Rantanen is the fifth best fantasy player. McKinnon's the sixth best fantasy player. Lance Cog's the 14th best fantasy player. Grubauer's the third. Yeah. Like yeah. they've all the big going. boys are going. Caudry's been 23rd. Like their team has really popped off. Devin Taves even 36th. Yeah, but like if those big guys are playing, like that team gets a huge, huge, huge boost. Like we said at the beginning of the year, like Nathan McKinnon, we were just, he was not looking as dynamic and he was going against tougher defenses, obviously. But, you know, the last five or six, seven games, he's just looked like the Nathan McKinnon that was drafted third overall or second overall, right? they've they've looked excellent lately and how like how badly do you want a vegas colorado playoff matchup i want a vegas colorado stanley cup final that's how good they look it's not happening this year but i mean it's not happening any year any year it can happen this year can it no so i thought what they were doing is they go to playoffs the winner of all four divisions they go one versus four two yeah but they're in the same division ah yeah vegas so I think those teams, those two teams, Vegas, Colorado, it's, I, I want it so badly in the playoffs. I think those two are the clear juggernauts of that division. Uh, no offense to, you know, Minnesota, St. Louis, but those two are scary. And, you know, they just got Leonard back, which makes me think, I want to ask you guys both this. Would you be looking to move Flurry right now? If you could get like a decent goalie back and a really good forward, um, because Flurry, like obviously, he's been excellent. Lately. I think he's two or three in, in goalies right now. But with Leonard coming back, he is going to get less starts, right? So obviously, he's still going to have his value. He's still going to be like I wouldn't be selling him for pennies, but could be a good little play if if you, you could get some good value back. Points the yes category league no is my answer. I think he's still going to put up the same stats. In a categories league, you, you can't compete with that goals against with that save percentage. In a points league, volume matters so much more. He's going to lose. Best case scenario, he loses a third of it. He's really going to play a lot less games. So I look to move him there. And you could probably sell him for so high right now. 
Like, mm-hmm. it, I think there are some people that are kind of oblivious or might not even consider the fact that Robin Leonard's back. I feel, still think it will do some toll on his value, but he's still a fantastic fantasy play for the rest of the year. But I do think you could get a legitimate goalie back and a fantastic forward back. And I'm all about offense. So I would, and I'm also all about making trades too. So <laughs> I would, if that deal can come, I would definitely pull the trigger there. Interesting. Okay. Anything else you want to touch on with the West? Give Anze Kopitar a shout out. He's been spectacular this year on a Kings team that doesn't put too much offense together. So he has in, been insane. Okay, so let's wrap it up here with uh, Socky Behavior Fantasy Hockey Studs of the Week. You two give us one each, uh, then we'll wrap it up, okay? Kyle, we'll start with you. Okay, Mika Zabdinejad. He's been, like I said, on three of my teams and hasn't been performing all year, and I've just been waiting it out, and he finally rewarded me. He had, as I said before, six points in the period, spectacular, two points last game. He's just been great. He's won me two weeks almost single-handedly. Love to see it. Jace, who's your guy? I'm going to go with Miko Rantanen as my stud of the week. Four goals, four assists over the last seven days. Fantastic. Have been helping the abs, just absolutely dummy opponents. <clears throat> Minnesota Wild. And they have just been fantastic this week. So Miko Rantanen is my stud of the week. Okay. Two very good choices and two, a very good place to wrap up, I think. So we'll leave you with that. Um, we've been through a lot today. We did a whole fantasy rundown. Next week's show, we're going to go even more in depth with the trade deadline coming up April 1st. Um, as always, you need any help, you need any advice, you just want to chat fantasy hockey, uh, shoot us a message on Instagram on, or on Twitter at the underscore FH network. We're getting close. It's crunch time, ladies and gentlemen. So let's get, uh, let's get some wins this week. Win your matchup. Let's get you into fantasy hockey playoffs. And let's have a good ride, okay? So we'll speak to you soon. Have a good week.